All right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, uh, Mike Walters, with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We're uh, back after a little bit of a break. Uh, I was on vacation, but uh, we're going to look at the uh, last two weeks of games that the Ducks played. And uh, going back to the uh, Florida game, Eddie, uh, the Ducks uh, basically got smoked. Uh, I was there at the game. They ended up uh, losing that game 6-2 to two and um, just did not start that game on the right note at all. No, and, and it's kind of the first instance of us seeing how tired Anderson has been after starting a lot of games in a row. He only made 11 saves on 15 shots and was pulled for LaBarbera, who arguably didn't do much better. And Against a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, uh, we let in we let in six. Um, you know, injuries have come up um, as ex- as an excuse, and and obviously Gibson not being there, having to start LaBarbera. But when they're not even starting Luongo and and Montoya is getting the start, and we only put two goals past him, and and they jump on us for six, it's it's not a good it's not a good sign. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on uh, with them in that game. It just seemed like when they started out that there, you know, there just wasn't a lot of energy. Um, you know, they got the uh, Hampus got that goal to tie it up one-one, but then uh, I don't know what happened. It just once they win that second period, you know, Florida rattled off four goals, and uh, you know, pretty much the game was was over at that point. It just um, it's almost like a snowball effect. It's like if the Ducks give up, uh, you know, a couple of goals, uh, then they're just not playing as well. Because in that second period, you know, they gave up two goals in the first four minutes and 11 seconds, and then it just it just went downhill after that, Eddie. Yeah, well, in, in each period, they, they got jumped on within the first five minutes. You know, in the first period, they got scored on 442 in the second period in the first five minutes and, and one right almost on the five-minute mark in the third period. They didn't really give themselves any kind of chance to get back in either period, and and like all around the second period, other than the goals, wasn't that bad of a period. They, they kept the shots even, but they they allowed Florida to get 17 shots, and a team that, like I said, doesn't score. They don't get a lot of shots, um, but they have some players who can hurt you. And if uh, they get 17 shots in a the period, they end up putting four goals past us, and, and the game's pretty much out of reach uh, by then. Yeah, I mean, they were just—they just dug themselves a hole. I mean, there's just there's not really much to take away from this game. Um, you know, I, I guess going forward from then, they uh, ended up going to play uh, Calgary, and they actually started out that game better. Um, you know, they got two goals. They went up uh, two nothing on Calgary uh, with uh, Votnin getting in his fifth and uh, Blesky getting his eighth in that game. And uh, the Ducks looked good in that game, but then it was almost uh, kind of a repeat uh, of that game against Florida where they just had another poor period. And that this time it was the third period with Calgary getting three unanswered goals, you know, making it three to two. Uh, luckily, Palmieri got one at the end to send it to overtime, which the Ducks ended up losing in the shootout to Hiller, you know, which is unfortunate. But it, it seems like that's kind of been the theme, Eddie, is that uh, the Ducks – and at least these last couple games have just one really awful period. Yeah, and Anderson really didn't have a good game that game either. Uh, three three goals on on 19 shots against is it's not that good. And you obviously don't want to blame it on him every game either. Uh, Votnin maybe was the the only standout player in that game with three points. But uh, yeah, we were playing good for for two periods, and and then in the third period, Calgary like I, we I get that Calgary 
they're they're a different team than they were at the beginning of last year. They're they're more like at the like they were at the end of last year. They they never quit, and, uh, and they they're one of the hardest working teams in the league. But you know they only had ten shots in that period, and and they still scored three goals. And you know that that's testament to to us having you know lacking uh, experience on the blue line, having to bring in guys like Manson and and Clark and and Blacker. But that I, again like the Florida game, that's that's no excuse to. To just come out so slow in the third period, having a two nothing lead and and pretty much dominating the game and, and then blowing it and, and having to score in the last five minutes of the game to tie it up and then still losing in the shootout. Yeah, you know, it just seems like a reoccurring theme. Uh, you know, that they're just having trouble putting together sixty minutes. And you know, I'm not going to make excuses on injuries and the flu and the mumps and all that stuff. But it just seems like the overall team consistency. For you know, twenty or forty minutes is there, but they—I don't know what it is, Eddie. They just can't get it for sixty minutes. Yeah, and I, I like we look in uh, in October, and and they were ten zero and two, and it seemed like everything was going right, and we move into November, and then all of a sudden the goal scoring dries up. Uh, we get some injuries on the blue line, and and uh, we can't seem to sort it out. Uh, guys can't can't seem to score. Perry's kind of just got back into scoring since coming back from the. Uh, from the mumps and maybe he's getting back to you know full strength but uh, we got to get secondary scoring which we really haven't had any other than Bolesky it, it's really you know Kessler Getzloff uh, Perry and then Bolesky and then right after that other than Vaughn and Lindholm and, and Fowler it just kind of drops off and and Cogliano hasn't been as good as he was last year Smith Pelly and Edom haven't done much and a lot of the guys, uh, Palmieri just came back, and you know, he's been a little bit of a spark. He has three goals in seven games, but we, you know, we just can't seem to to get enough goals or, or have a full effort for 60 minutes. Yeah, then uh, you know, moving to the next uh, battle, the Ducks took on Vancouver, and kind of similar to the Calgary game, the Ducks uh, started out well. They built a two nothing lead uh, after one, and then they had a poor second period. They went down three to two. Um, Bolesky got a late goal in the third to bring it back three to three. You know, a very identical game to the Calgary game, which it, you know it also ended up going to a shootout. And this time, the Ducks prevailed. Um, but again, uh, that third period, or I'm sorry, the second period in this game, the Ducks gave up three goals uh, in that period, Eddie. Two and thirty seconds. Yeah, and you know they like we said in the last about the last game against Calgary, they they can't seem to put together sixty minutes. They they put together a good first period, a, a pretty decent third period, but that second period was, was just horrible. And and it wasn't like we were seeing in the first part of the season when they were still winning games, but they were being outshot. You know they they weren't playing a full sixty minutes in the in the first twelve games of the season, but they ended up having a ten zero and two record. But we'd see you know second periods or or first periods or third periods where they'd be getting outshot like 17 to six, but uh, this second period where where Vancouver scored three goals, they only they are outshot 10 to nine. You know we're not seeing those periods anymore, but somehow teams are still scoring you know, three goals on us, and and you you don't see much of a difference into it. It's just the the lack of work ethic is there, and and I have really no explanation for it. Like we weren't conceding goals, getting outshot heavily. Um, in second periods in the, in the first half of the season, and now it seems like we we it's something we can't really deal with. And obviously, we weren't going to be if we, we're not going to play 60 minutes. It's going to be hard to to you know come out and win the game. We kind of just scraped away with one in this one. 
Yeah, you know, and it, and it did seem like uh, after this, uh, you know, three three games of, you know, ha- having trouble pulling out 60 minutes, it did seem like the Ducks picked it up in the, in the next couple games. Um, you know, they ended up uh, playing the uh, now Arizona Coyotes, and they ended up winning this game. Um, you know, they played a much better game. They uh, got out to a 2 nothing lead by the end of the second period. Uh, they gave up one goal uh, halfway through the third, but they ended up, you know, winning that game. Two to one, out. You know they outshot uh, Arizona in this game, thirty to twenty-seven on the shots. But uh, you know the Ducks played uh, overall a uh, much better defense. I thought in this game, um, you know were able to to hang on and get the two to one win. Um, so it looked like they were starting to do a little bit better in this game, uh, Eddie. Yeah, and I think Anderson. Um, you know Mike Smith was great in this game, and he's one of the reasons that this game wasn't over by the second period. Uh, but it was a very, you know, terrible third period by the Ducks. They got outshot 17 to five, and were lucky that uh, they only scored, got scored on once. Uh, Anderson had a, a, a really good game, really strong game. But it's a, it's another game where we we can't seem to put together a, f- a full game, a full consistent game where where it's just we seem to just fall asleep for one of the periods, and it's usually the second or third period, and uh, we got lucky, uh, good play by Anderson. But when you get outshot 17 to five and you're only up two goals, and especially in the third period, uh, you're you're lucky when you, you still can walk away with a regulation win. Yeah, definitely. I think you know for uh, Arizona, they just didn't play well in the first two periods. They only had 10 shots when the Ducks had 25. So I think maybe um, you know they got you know chewed out a little bit in between second and third period and came on in the third. But um, like you said, yeah, giving up 17 shots in one period is uh, it's just that's just kind of crazy. And uh, luckily, Anderson held the fort down, and uh, you know we only gave up one goal and got the win. Yeah, and Mike Smith was one of it had to be one of the first stars of that game because, like I said, uh, the Ducks could have easily been up, you know, three, four, five, nothing after the second period, um, having 25 shots through those two periods. But um, uh, Mike Smith was was a savior for the Phoenix Coyotes and and you know obviously Anderson was a savior in the third period for us but it was definitely a goalie battle uh, with uh, the score only finishing 2 to 1 Yeah and then you go you know the Ducks <laughs> after going to uh Calgary and losing they had Calgary come uh back to the Honda Center which was you know Hiller's first game back um you know some booze in the crowd you know that uh, when I was there I didn't uh did not expect it, and some chance that Hiller, uh, you know, especially once the Ducks uh, went up three uh, nothing at the end of the second period. Um, but <laughs> I don't want to sound like a broken record, and it's 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 difficult. <laughs> yeah. But third period, the Calgary Flames came out on fire, you know, and um, they didn't outshoot the Ducks. It was eight to eight in shots, but I mean the the Flames had a lot of chances. They got two goals, and they uh, even had actually they technically had a third goal, but it was ruled that it was kicked in, which was the right call. But it just shows you that again, the 60 minutes, you know, the, the Ducks did great the first 40, and then you know we all almost ended up going to uh, overtime again uh, in this one. Uh, thankfully, you know, the Ducks pulled it out, and they, um, you know, there was a, a late goal there by Calgary with you know 26 seconds left. But I mean, it you know that other goals and kicked in that's the game time goal right there yeah and you can't you can't really blame Anderson in this game yeah he was great he ended up getting the first star and and Bolesky you know he got another goal to continue his hot to the side of the season and, and Kyle Palmieri 
continued his strong side since uh since coming back from the injury but like we we've said this in the, I don't know, the last three four or five games that we've been talking about is uh, a 40 minute you know display of dominance by the ducks um the shots were pretty even after the first two periods but the ducks you know took took advantage of their chances and, and anderson was playing so the defense was playing good but you know we come into the third period and Calgary steals two goals and and almost gets a third with it being kicked in, uh, and I, I, it's something I just I can't explain when you, you watch the t- when you watch them play. It's so frustrating to see because um, it, they come out in the third period or whatever period it is where they just seem to to be so flat and they, there's no reason why they should be flat. It's not like you know it's not, it's not like they really should be tired. Um, but Calgary, like they've been dominating the play, they should be, you know, revved up to go up three nothing. It's kind of like they just slack off and say, "Hey, well, we can just coast to the finish line now." And then Calgary comes up and almost ties the game and takes it to to overtime. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was a nail biter at the end for sure. Uh, watching, I mean, I was glad, you know, that they pulled it out. But uh, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know what it's going to take to get this sixty minute effort that we need. Um, you know, like we said, the injuries and whatnot have, haven't helped. And you know, when they uh, then hosted uh, Chicago uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and which the Ducks have done the last couple of years, um, you know, we went from playing 40 minutes of good hockey to, you know, playing maybe 10 or 20. I mean, th- that mm-hmm. game. And, and, yeah, there were a lot of bad calls. I know there were, there were a lot of people were upset and refuse suck was being chanted left and right in that game uh, against Chicago on Friday. But, um, you know, the Ducks didn't play well from the start. I mean, yeah, you can sit there and say what you want about the refs. And, yeah, there were some questionable calls. Uh, but, you know, the, they just did not come out and play well. Um, you know, Stoner, we found out, had the mubs, wasn't going to play at the beginning of that game. They call it blacker. You have three rookie defensemen making some, you know, rookie mistakes. And it just was a recipe for disaster in general, Eddie, uh, in that Chicago game. Yeah, and I think this this is the, this is game was the reason that they went out and got Brewer, uh, knowing Boschman was going to be out for so long and, you know, having Stoner back and, and – just like having to wait a few games and have him back, Lovejoy still being out, Fistrick still, and, and trading Allen. Uh, management obviously saw this wasn't going to work, and, and we conceded in this game. And um, they really didn't play any good periods in this. Outshot in every period, uh, ended up being outshot 38 to 24. Uh, even uh, with Anderson letting in three goals, he still made 37 saves and and had a or sorry uh, 34 saves and and had a, a strong uh, strong outing. But the team couldn't score and you know that's that's kind of been the problem for us uh, if we're not playing you know 40 minutes or not playing 60 minutes we're just not playing at all and we can't get any goals and and a team that you you would think would be able to score goals and we showed that at the beginning of the season with Perry and Getzlaff, Kessler, Bolesky. Um but now, now the secondary scoring isn't there and and obviously uh, putting out Maroon I mean uh, Manson and Blacker and, and Clark uh, who I think Manson maybe is the only NHL-ready defenseman out of the three is not an ideal situation against a a good like a a great team like the Blackhawks. So it's just a sluggard a sluggish effort altogether. Other than Anderson, obviously getting some rest and being able to come out and play a good game, but you can tell in some of the games he's played, he's definitely overworked. Have having started 19 games already so far, obviously with Gibson 
being injured, uh, a lot of the the work has been shouldered on him. Um, but you know, I think although we're playing such a good team, uh, some of these games that are back to back that we'll talk about next, maybe it's best to give LaBarbera a start, even though you know he's he's a career backup. You know, take the pressure off Anderson a bit. Yeah, you know, it was interesting to see in last night's game against the Sharks, you know, Anderson came in and uh, he ended up getting uh, pulled. You know, the Sharks uh, went up early in that game 5-1. to one, And I know some people were like, screw this and turn off their TVs or whatever, but they were still following, uh, you know, the updates I was giving on Twitter and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I watched until the end. I don't really care. Uh, and I was I was glad to see them at least come back um, you know, fight it out and get it down to one goal. Uh, the ending was, was a bunch of, you know, BS, which a lot of people know, but it, it didn't, it, that, you know, again, the refs didn't lose the game for the Ducks. You know, you can't go down five to one against, I don't care who it is, and then, you know, expect to rally all the way back in one period. I mean, they almost did, which was phenomenal. It was good to see them wake up. But again, Eddie, they started out slow. And I, they just, I don't know, th- this Ducks team cannot start slow in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, and if you look at the last two back-to-back games we've had, Anderson has started the day after playing, and he's had a terrible game uh, against the Florida Panthers after playing uh, in L.A., and then he has a terrible get- start to this game and ends up getting pulled. Um, you really think that maybe it would have been better to start LaBarbera in this game? Uh, Anderson having such a poor start, and LaBarbera actually finishing, not letting, uh, allowing a goal, maybe starting him from the uh, from the start of the game would have been better. But it's not like the Ducks really helped out uh, Anderson in in the first two periods. Uh, they didn't really come alive in, until the end of that second period where uh, Perry scored, and then they obviously started out so well in in the third period. But they were already down in such a, a big hole that it didn't matter and. Um, their power play obviously has been struggling lately, and and they gave up a shorthanded goal to to the wrong guy on on the on the power play, and and allowing a, a late power play goal for Pavelski, and then starting out the second period like we said, slow um, with Wingles getting a goal only three minutes in, and then Hurdle scoring a goal about three more three more minutes later, uh, starting the period slow and and not really playing a solid you know, 60-minute game like we've been talking about. They, they only played really maybe about 15, 20 minutes of good play, outshot 14-5 to five in, in the first period, which is which is pretty pathetic. And, you know, may, maybe only stepping it up, like I said, in, in the last part of the second period. And in the third, but by then, if you're only going to play 20 minutes, you really don't deserve to win the game, do you? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that's the way you got to look at it. And I know uh, a lot of people were you know, basically pissed off at the end with the, uh, the questionable call, um, you know, and, and this goes for pretty much any fan of any team, you know, I hate to see a team rally. And then when there's less than three minutes to go, the rallying team who's down by a goal gets called for, you know, let's just call it what it is, a cheesy penalty. That's what it was, you know, and it's unfortunate that, you know, that penalty didn't cost the ducks the game. Let's be clear about that. It didn't, but, it, it definitely cost them an opportunity to tie the game. Yeah, and um, it's, you know, it, it's not like even um, there was a hook. Like, there, there wasn't even, it's not like the ref got in the way and then he actually, you know, full-on hooked him. 
you know, he kind of tapped his, his thigh with his stick and then I got it a little bit on the arm for like a second and a half and and then the, the, the penalty was called. Um, but the fact that the 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 linesman or the second ref was was that far off the boards uh, in the in like the middle of the ice for like he can see them coming down and he can see that uh, Wingles or I believe it was Wingles has a has a step on him and he seems to not be able to get out of the way and he completely blocks blocks Manson and uh, he ends up having to take the hook and. It wasn't even him. Like I, I think it would have been more controversial if he was the one who called the penalty, but the referee ends up calling the penalty. Um, I assume he saw that happen and he still decided to call it. A, and it's it's just one of it. Like I, I tweeted this out the other day or last night. It, it's probably one of the worst calls I've ever seen, just based on the score of the game. You know the the where the where that the linesman or the ref was and, and you know how much time was left with only 2:24 left, you know to to give such a, a penalty where where the ref is the the main reason that the the hook if you want to call it that is, is made, you know with a with a one goal game and, and the Ducks you know making mounting a comeback it, it's just a pathetic call to be made and and it really deflated any chance of the Ducks coming back. Yeah, definitely, Eddie. And I think, like you said, you know, it wasn't just so much that the the play itself was a questionable hook, but, you know, with the ref getting in the way like that it was just frustrating all around because if he doesn't get in the way, nothing, you know, anything after that, would, the play would have been completely different. So, you know, uh, it's just frustrating to see that. And you don't, and I don't like seeing any of that for any team. I don't, I don't like seeing a team that's trying to rally and come back and you know they're down by a goal and then when there's less than three minutes to go the other team gets a a power play and a questionable call like that because i mean every play a player goes to the net and you know the defender is trying to slow the guy up that's every single play in the nhl and he barely touched the guy you know they touch him sure but barely yeah and and we oh we also see the problem of you know we we get four goals uh but look who's getting getting all the points in this game it's perry getzloff you know, Bleski getting another one, Vaughn and Lindholm and Fowler, and uh, barring Kessler, those are the guys who've been doing it for us all season. And obviously, it's great to see them do that. But when you're when we're getting no effort really from anybody else, and you look at the shots, and and maybe the because uh, Paul Marion Silverberg uh, being on that line with Kessler uh, at times were the only ones actually you know getting another, enough shots off. Everybody else maybe had about one. Um, so barring the first two lines, there was no effort from the other ones, and and when you start off so bad, you know that that call obviously rubs everybody the wrong way because we thought we had a chance to come back there. But uh, like a lot of the fans were saying last night, is if you don't play 60 minutes, you know you play good for 20 minutes, you're not going to win the game, or if you do win the game, you don't deserve to. So uh, it's been like that. <laughs> we've we've just talked about seven games, and they've all really had the same feel to them uh, other than, other than the Chicago game we've we've played well for 20 to 40 minutes and then fell asleep for the rest uh so i i don't know how they're going to fix it um you know how do you really fix a problem like that other than just getting laid into by the coach um you know it it's not the injuries that like the injuries are a problem but the whole team and and as a whole, like as a whole is is not playing 60 minutes and that that's definitely got to address if 
they're going to want to have a better December when you when you come out of a whole month after going 10-0-2 and you go 4-6-3 and in, in November and you know you let a couple teams pass you in the standings. It's It was definitely a month to forget for the Ducks. Yeah, you know, and looking forward to December, Eddie. You know, it's not going to get that much easier. You know, uh, this coming week we've got Boston and Philly and the Wild coming to town. So this isn't going to be easy. I mean, you got Boston – I mean, they're not playing great, but, you know, they're 14-9-1. and one. You know, they're, they're not um, but that much behind um, the Ducks in terms of uh, points. Even I mean, obviously, they're in the Eastern Conference, but they're going to be a tough opponent uh, Monday night uh, coming in to, um, I guess, uh, continue the homestand or, or, or start the new homestand, however you want to look at it with this one intermission game to San Jose. Yeah, and they've been off for, for three days. So they're going to have a, a nice rest behind them. And obviously with Tuka Rask uh, being in that for them, and uh, they've kind of picked up their season a bit after starting out pretty badly. Uh, so, you know, Boston's always a good team uh, every year. And uh, it's not like they're going to have, they're going to wow you with their skill, but uh, they're definitely not as physical as they used to be. Um, and they, they don't score a lot of goals, but if, if we're going to play like we did, we have been playing in, in November, they're going to easily outwork us. And it's not going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, and obviously it looks like we would assume based on how many games Anderson started, he's probably going to start this game. And with a three-day layoff, Rask is probably going to be the one in net. So we're going we're gonna to have to get scoring from everybody and play a full 60 minutes if we want to hope, uh, hope to come out with a win in this game. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at uh, Boston, they have a you know pretty balanced uh, scoring. They've got six guys with five goals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know you got Soderberg who's playing well with seventeen points. Bergeron with sixteen points. Hamilton with fourteen. Yeah, Those you got the- eight guys five. with at least ten. So yeah, it, exactly. It's, it's what Boston's been about uh, for a while now. It's why they've won a lot of. And a few cups is is depth and secondary scoring throughout the lineup, and it's what it really takes to to get to you know the final stage. And some of the Ducks are gonna have to work on uh, sooner rather than later if they, if they hope to beat some of these powerhouse teams. Uh, you know, we, uh, losing to uh, San Jose and Chicago, these are the teams that we're gonna have to beat if we want to to actually lift the cup again. And, and Boston's one of those teams as well, so. Uh, picking up a win against them is going to be important if we if we hope to go all the way. Yeah, and then uh, coming in after that's uh, you know Philly, who we played once obviously before. We're gonna this will be our our second and last game with them. Um, they're not doing as well, but you know they are a physical team. Um, you know when we played them the last game, that one was a tight uh, checking battle as well. Eddie. Yeah, and and they have one of the best lines um, in the league. Uh, with uh, Giroux, Voracek, and, and Raffle uh, playing together. Mostly Giroux and, and Voracek. Uh, Voracek is only right behind Crosby with 32 points with a great start, and obviously Giroux is one of the, the better players in the league, and he has 27 points. Uh, uh, they're having a lot of problems, too, with, the, with their secondary scoring. Uh, they've only got uh, about two and a half lines really going. Simmons and Shen and Voracek and Giroux are, are the only forwards that they've got going, and and straight is is you know their power play quarterback, so he's got a couple points. But uh, they've been struggling, and and they've lost uh, I believe three in a row now. Um, and their last ten have has been among the league's worst at, at two seven and one. But when you have players like Warcheck and Giroux, um, 
if you fall asleep on those guys, uh, they're going to make you pay. And um, the goaltending for, for Philadelphia, too, is, is one of those tandems where um, they're not going to be consistent, but they're, they're, both of their guys are, are guys that can have a great night. And, you you know, we, we have to get out to a good start. And, and like we, we've been saying over the reviewing the past few games, we actually have to play a full 60 minutes and, and get a couple wins at home and, and just start off well in December and hopefully continue it throughout the month. Yeah, because, uh, you know, following that up, you got uh, the Wild coming in on uh, that Friday. And uh, currently, as of today, they would be uh, just out outside of the playoffs. They'd be um, on the edge there battling out for eighth. But, uh, you know, that's another team that plays us well. And they've got, you know, Parise has been doing well with nine goals, nine assists for 18 points. And uh, Nita Ryer's been uh, going to town, too, with 11 goals. And then you've got uh, Jason Zucker also with nine goals. So for them... A little bit similar, I guess, to us. They've got, you know, three main guys doing the damage, um, you know. But, uh, you know, there, it's going to be a battle against them, too. Um, we'll have to see. I, you know, I, I don't know. These three games are going to be tough, Eddie. I, I would like to see, realistically, the Ducks win two out of three. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they, they might win one out of three. I mean, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and Minnesota's been – uh, a kind of a weird story. Um, you know, they have a 13, they're 13, nine and one and they're sitting in ninth and that's just, you know, it's a statement of how strong the Western conference is again this year. Um, but they started off so well. Um, and then they slumped a bit and, and now they've won, uh, won six, of their last 10. Um, and, and I think the key factor is, is they're playing at home where they're way better than they're on the road. They're, they're seven, two and one while only being six and seven on the road. So, this is going to be a lot tougher game than if we we're at home, um, and we're going to have to shut down those guys. Obviously, Niederreiter's been hot of late, and uh, Parise, after coming back from injury, has been great. Vanek has, has started to pick it up, although he hasn't scored yet. Uh, he still picked up 14 points, and you know those, those top two lines of, of the Wild are, are going to be uh, tough to deal with, and they're, they're even the top defensive pairing of uh, with you guys got like Scandella, Spurgeon, Suter. We're going to have to look out for that. And Kemper, he's kind of been, you know, he started off so well. And, and he started, uh, you know, about three quarters of their games this year. And if we're going to have to face him, it's going to be similar to the Boston game where we're, we're going to have to be on our A game with our with our goal scoring and play a full 60 minutes. I know you guys are probably getting tired of us here uh, saying that, but that's what it's going to have to take to beat some of these teams. And um, if we're going to want to come up with a win here, especially – on the road against the Wild, we're going to have to play a full 60-minute game and and jump on them early and then keep it up throughout the whole game. Yeah, I agree, Eddie. It's it's going to be um it's going to be tough, uh, you know, going on the road uh, against the Wild. They're they're a pretty good team at home. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting how the Ducks do in the month of December, like we talked about with November not being as well. And um, you know, the Ducks made a couple of trades in this last month. They um, Got rid of Allen, um, which was no surprise. We had talked about this back in the summer. We had talked about this in the beginning of the season. We all pretty much saw the writing on the wall. We just didn't know when or who. Um, and he got traded for Bork, uh, you know, Rene Bork from uh, Montreal. Um, kind of a surprise. I mean, I, I think uh, we talked about maybe getting another defensive player, uh, maybe some draft picks or something like that. Um, what do you think about this trade? Ed? Well, I think the trade would have made more sense if we ended up getting, you know, uh, say it's a third or a fourth round pick and then flipping that in a deal for for Brewer but 
I think the deal for Brewer wasn't because we traded Allen. It's more so because of our defenseman going down. I think if, if Boschman and Stoner had stayed healthy, uh, we probably wouldn't have picked up Brewer. But um, at first, I and I, I still really don't like the trade. I know Heatley wasn't that great, so you know, bringing another forward and, and hopefully that works out with Bork. But, um, you know, with most of our injuries being in defense, uh, I didn't understand trading a defenseman away for another forward one, uh, especially another struggling forward when we've already got, you know, a lot in, in Edom and, and Heatley right now. And, and bringing a guy like Bork who, who has struggled in Montreal, who are a good team. It's not like he was playing in, in Buffalo or anything. And then bringing him into another team where, struggling for secondary scoring uh i really didn't see see the point of the deal um i guess i kind of get it now but really wouldn't you rather have allen playing instead of clark and you know allen and brewer playing on defense Uh, i'd rather have i'd definitely rather have that so um looking back at it i uh, if we're going to talk about the the allen for Borg trade um I really still don't like it so much. Obviously, bringing in Brewer helps, but uh, I think that we could have at least got a pick or and swapped out for another defenseman. Yeah, you know my take on this, uh, similar to yours. I, I, you know, Murray went on the record saying, "Hey, you know, we're not scoring as much offensively," uh, which you know we were in the beginning, like we said, uh, and then dropped off recently. But my my thing is, okay, you want to go out and get another forward to help motivate the team and get more scoring. And I, I, I can see that mindset uh, on Murray's part. But that being said, you go out and get Bork, who hasn't even scored a goal this year. So, yeah. you know, I have an issue with that. I mean, I know he did well in the playoffs last year. A lot of fans hit me up about that. I totally get that. But if you look at his numbers in the last couple seasons, he's not scored a lot of goals. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. That's not my point. My, my, my point is, is that Murray says, oh, let's get this guy because he's going to help the team score more. I, I don't see that. And so far, uh, you know, we've been right. I mean, he's got, what, one assist, maybe two, yeah. I think. Now yeah, and I think a lot of people were like, well, there's a chance he could, you know, return to his old form and – and it would be a steal, but uh, where have we heard that before already this season? And I was one guy who said it, 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 there's a chance it could happen, and, and that's Danny Heatley. You know, I said there's definitely a chance. I think it's a good deal. There's a chance that he could, you know, end up scoring 20 goals for us, and, and that backfired. And then you bring in, uh, you know, kind of not, not an identical player in play style, but you bring in the same type of guy, a guy who's been up and down in the minors with, with Montreal and, uh, he was in the minus when we traded for him, um, and, and you know we're gambling on on these guys because they're cheaper to to play well and start scoring. When you know if we wanted to to pick up a scorer, obviously it's going to cost more money than a guy like Bork. But I think I would have rather keep out to keep Allen in, for a guy like Bork, or or you know package Allen in a pick for another forward in, instead. Um, all in all, I, I definitely, you know, agree with you and in, in that I don't really like the trade. And I, I get where a lot of friends are coming from with Bork and saying he was good in the playoffs and everything. But, you know, with his goal, recent goal scoring record and, and his, he hasn't really been a, a solid player since he left Calgary. Uh, it was kind of a gamble that we, we really didn't need to take after the Heatley gamble. Yeah, and, and I agree with you too. I think, uh, you know, I like the Brewer 
uh, trade better. But I do think, like you said, that was more of a necessity. I mean, with all our, our demon out, uh, you know, Boshman now out four to six weeks with a hand injury. Lovejoy still out two or three weeks. Fister, um, I haven't even heard. He's still out for a while. Uh, and then obviously Stoner, depending on when he gets over the flu. I mean, that, you know, that's a, that's four, you know, big time guys that we had on D. So I totally understand getting Brewer after um, letting Allen go. And, and Brewer, Brewer's not an offensive defenseman, which is good. I mean, you've got, you know, Lindholm and Botnan that can, that can do that. So you don't really need that. He's more of a guy that's going to get those assists and he's going to play solid D. So I'm, I'm happy with that move. Um, but it's going to be interesting going forward, Eddie, to see what we do in December because our biggest concern really, I mean, there's several concerns, but the, one of the biggest is the defense. And it's not, not that we're playing poor defense. It's just there's no consistency with the D pairings because, you know, we're missing so many guys. Yeah, and I think Tampa Bay was beneficiaries of a panic move. Um, they didn't really need Brewer with Hedman coming back from injury. Um, and we'd already given up Allen, already having Fistrick and Lovejoy, Stoner and Boschman out. Um, Murray obviously said, well, we need a defenseman who's available, and then we give up a third-round pick for a 35-year-old defensive defenseman. Um, I think it's a little bit of an overpayment. Uh, Brewer could come in and do great, and he, you know, he's obviously a step up from, from Clark and, and Blacker. Um, and he brings experience to the defense that is definitely needed when we have a lot of these young guys in here. And I think for that reason, it's not an overpayment, but without these injuries, this trade isn't needed. And I really think a third-round pick for you know, a guy that is going to be here for like a season and possibly not even play when Lovejoy, Stoner, and and uh, Boschman get back, you know, and, and Fistrick, then then what is he? Is he, is he another uh, Allen and... We just kind of gave away a third a third round pick to to fill in until these guys get back essentially. Yeah, those are some good questions, and I think some of that's going to get answered in this next month or so when you know we get a majority of the defensive players back. Um, you know, another question too is what do, what do we do with Heatley? You know, uh, when he comes back, are we going to throw him in the lineup or? Is he now someone that we try to go out and trade and get a draft pick for or someone else for since we brought in Bork? Well, he's only played four games, and I know he has zero points, but I think we give him, you know, at least ten games, and if he's still done nothing, um, then, you know, if, if you, you know, give him a – I think by the time he's got 10, 15 games, it's going to be close to the trade deadline anyway. Um, and if he's done nothing by then, um, there's no point in, in really keeping him. Um, move him for, you know, a, a fourth – maybe a third or, or something or package him in for something to, to make up for the fact that we gave one away for Brewer. Uh, some team will take him, uh, most likely, a, a, you know, a team that is in need of another winger push for the playoffs kind of thing. Um, with us having Bork now, uh, I think it's really Heatley, unless he doesn't play it, unless he starts playing well, it, you know, he's pretty much on the move and, um, it's not a big deal, um, and, and he'll be easier to move because of that one year, one million. Most team, other teams will be willing to take a risk like we did, um, but I think he definitely needs to step it up if if uh, he wants to stay in Anaheim. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Eddie. Um, you know, going forward, um, I mean, we've talked about a lot of things as far as playing a 60-minute game and, 
getting the defense kind of squared away with all the issues going on. Is there anything else you think the Ducks can do uh, to just, I don't know, just light a fire under their ass? I mean, I mean, just to, just to get going at the beginning of games and, and sustain it, uh, the, you know, the whole time. I think more than getting the def- defense back is um, either getting, hopefully getting Gibson back as soon as possible. Or giving Anderson a break and and putting LaBarbera in on these back to backs because it's obviously hurting him. If we look at it like I already I said this earlier. Look at the last two back to backs. Anderson has been pulled after starting out terribly against Florida, a team that doesn't really score a lot of goals, and against a struggling San Jose team who obviously has firepower. And you put him in after a game where he played really well against Chicago, and and also a game where he played very well against LA earlier. You know, and and throwing him in uh, 24 hours later, um, in in in, in very similar situations, um, you think they would learn from the last one? I, I think giving Anderson a break is is at the top of our priorities. I know, obviously, getting defenseman back, but at least this is something we can we can control, and you know, we can't really control when the guys are going to come back from injury. Uh, we've made a move to you know hopefully shore up some defensive issues but this is something the coaching can control and uh you know give him a break and and as regards to playing a full 60 minutes that's really up to the players and and up to uh to Boudreaux to to get them motivated and to play for you know a whole 60 minutes it it's obviously been a problem for almost half the month and it's the reason they've had such a poor month and if they look back to how they played, uh, in, you know, even in the first 12 games, we noticed it when they didn't play a full uh, 60 minutes, but the goaltending would keep them afloat or, or the defense would be good enough that having that such a poor period uh, wouldn't matter. But now it's kind of caught up to us, and it's definitely something we have to address going into December. Yeah, for sure. And I, I totally agree with you on the goalie situation. I think uh, <clears throat> Anderson has been overworked. Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, it looked like, uh, especially in the Chicago game, it was him against the, the whole Blackhawk team. Uh, when I was there watching the game, it was just, just utterly frustrating. But uh, I think you're right in the back-to-back situations. I think LaBarber should go in. Um, maybe in some of the games against, you know, teams that aren't doing as well, um, like Edmonton or Arizona, you could throw, at, you know, LaBarber out there. Um, he hasn't played that bad. I mean, obviously he's not, he's not a number one goaltender quality, but when he's come in to do what he needs to do, he's not done that poorly. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple of times you get a little nervous with him in there, but, uh, you know, he, he held the fort down last night against San Jose. I mean, they didn't even get a goal. So, um, Obviously, he's not he's not going to be the main guy, but I th- I think you're right. You got to give Anderson some more breaks uh, until Gibson gets back, and then uh, you know other than uh, missing people and all that, which well, I'm not going to make excuses for that. Everybody has people hurt. I know we're probably number two or oh, three. Number one now, yeah, it was oh, yeah. just moved above Columbus and Calgary since they've got some guys back, and uh, if right. you look at the caliber of guys we're missing. Uh, we're right up there at the top, right? And 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 that's why I know it's a big factor. But the thing that I noticed that that could remedy a lot of this, Eddie, and you probably noticed this too, is the forecheck. The Ducks do not have any forecheck in these last five, six games, other than maybe for one shift here or there. And that's been their, that their is, bread and butter for yeah. the last few seasons. Yes, 
that is the the number one besides all the other stuff you and I've talked about with the goalies and defense injuries, whatever. There's no sustained forecheck. And when they've had that, like we saw in the first month, they dominated. And if they can get back to the forecheck, it solves a lot of problems. You tire out the other team. You make them take stupid penalties. You get shots on net. You get bounces. I mean, San Jose got, uh, you know, ahead 5-1. to one. Yeah, the Ducks didn't play well, but they got bounces. And that's because they had a sustained forecheck. And to me, that's one of the, the biggest things that if the Ducks can get back to that, we'll be fine. Yeah, and and obviously, secondary scoring is another thing that is controllable yes. and finding the right chemistry on lines because uh, ten yeah. of the games in in November were one goal games and uh, a majority of them that we lost, um, other than getting blown out against Chicago, uh, Florida, and I guess you could say San Jose last night. Uh, most of the games, uh, other than those ones, are all one goal games, if not all of them. Uh, so you know we gotta we gotta get back to the way we played in October and you know uh, like give Anderson a break and and get everybody going. There's not much else I can say. We we've already pretty much said it all. Um, uh, it just the guys gotta play a full 60 minutes and and get back to that forecheck. Yeah, and and, and just kind of wrap up this last week. Uh, I know this is tough. Um, but who do you think would be the best Ducks players this last week? The the top three, not in maybe necessarily in any order because it's it's been a tough uh, week and a half or so. But who do you think, at least on the Ducks, has been playing uh, well? Um, you know, I'm gonna give Anderson a star. Um, I, I don't think I'm gonna order them as much. It's kind of hard with with the last few games and against Arizona, Calgary, and Chicago. Anderson was great, um, and I think the only bad game was was last night's against San Jose and that was the back to back where he was put in after such a, a tough game against the Blackhawks where you know, they lost four to one but he played so well. Uh so I, I would definitely give yeah, I I'd definitely give him one of the stars and when you look at it after that though, it it's kinda hard to, to name anybody off. Like maybe uh I don't think anybody was good at all in that game against uh against the Blackhawks and um, you could maybe give it to Perry for, for his performance last night. But uh, other than that, like uh, he scored a Perry scored a goal against the flames, had two last night and an assist. And, you know, maybe other than him, Palmieri gets left. Those are the only guys who've been really you know, up to par uh, with the last four games. Yeah, I agree with you. The only other other one I throw in there is Bolesky. Uh, you know, he's got three goals in the last five games, and it, surprisingly, the second leading goal scorer on the team. Um, so I would throw him in there too. But yeah, there's not there's not been any like really extremely standout um, performances, at least in the last week and a half or so. I think. Yeah, and quickly speaking of Bolesky, uh, he's a, a UFA at the end of the season, and I saw a lot of people, you know, saying sign him up. Um, what do you think at least his value will be if he you know finishes the season say with 25 goals and around you know 35 40 points so you think it's it's worth throwing three three and a half on him or do you think uh, it, it's easier to let him test the free agency uh, you know if if Bolesky puts up those kind of numbers at the end uh, I I rather see the Ducks keep him than than yeah. test free agency just because 
Yeah, he's playing a little bit out of his mind as far as scoring goals this year. I mean, obviously, um, you know, 11 goals already is 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 awesome. And I know we're not going to expect 20 to 30 goals every year from him. But I do like the fact that he plays hard every game. Um, and he'll he'll go on whatever line you tell him to. He'll go on the first line. He'll go on the fourth line. He doesn't complain. He goes into the dirty areas, and he works hard. So, you know, I, I would definitely like to see the Ducks re-sign him for two or three years, Eddie. Yeah, and I think we got to be careful, too, though. Like, I, I obviously love the way he's playing this season, and uh, he's picking up a lot of goals. Not You know, only two assists, but if he's going to score 11 goals, it's not really that big of a deal, but... You look at his past few seasons; um, none of them have been a fully two-game season, and I, you know, that could uh, some could be the injury, some could just be him being sometimes a fringe player, and obviously the shortened season. But he's uh, his career high is 11, and he's only scored above 10 in one season, and that was in the, the season in uh, 09 and 2010 where he had 11 goals, uh, finished the season with 18 points, and his career high in points is only 24. So. You got to be careful throwing out, you know, three to three to three point five on on a guy like that, and you know you don't want to you don't want to see him go to free agency when he could be an integral part of the lineup. But you look at some of the money thrown on on forwards for having you know one good year, and if if other teams are out there willing to throw more money at him, we you know you want to be careful you don't overpay so you have room to to sign other guys as well. Yeah, I agree with you, Daddy. I, I think that's the right move. I think if they get him and keep him for a couple of years, but not, you know, pay some exorbitant amount, you know, because the Ducks like to stay under the cap uh, traditionally because whenever something comes up during the season, they have more options. Unlike, you know, we've seen some of the other teams around the league that are, you know, in trouble with cap issues. Um, I, I don't, and I know some people argue both ways. I've heard some fans say, hey, we should spend more money. Uh, we're not going to win if we don't go up to the cap, but I don't know. I, I see both sides of that argument. I, I, I think you can do that, but you got to be careful because uh, as we've seen this year, um, you know, injuries have just been crazy. So I, I don't mind spending close to the cap, but it's always good to leave a little bit of room in case something happens. And, and this season's just been completely unpredictable. Yeah. And, and you also got to look at, um, you know, we are for a team that's supposed to be contending. We have a lot of cap space, but our team is also fairly young, so you have to look at a lot of the guys that we still need to sign. You know, a lot of the younger guys, um, like uh, Rotten and, and Lindholm, and Anderson and Gibson, guys that are going to make significantly more money when you know their contract expires. And you want to make sure you have the money to pay these guys. You don't want to overpay for for players that you know you you really don't need to overpay for when these guys are going to be cornerstones to your your team's success for the you know, the next five to ten years and in Lindholm and Vaughn and, and and definitely Anderson and Gibson as well. So you want to make sure you have the money to pay these guys um, set aside when when their contracts are over. I totally agree, Eddie, and I, I think we'll just have to wait and see this next month uh, how it goes. It's going to be an interesting ride, and uh, you know we'll, we'll be doing the podcasts each week. I'm not going anywhere um, in the next couple of weekends or anything like that. So uh, that's all we have time for this time, and uh, join us next week. The Anaheim Ducks are the Stanley Cup champions.